1: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to part four of our six-part series on our new book, Breaking Up with People-Pleasing, Is That Okay? Uh, My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm here with my lovely friend and co-author, Andrea Seidel, to talk about chapter four of our new book.
0: Yay, chapter four. It's actually my favorite. This is my, as you know, I'm a positive psychology practitioner, so yes. This part is just so wonderful. Like in addition to the self-care parts of the book as well, but um, I find that this is so essential, like to know how do I stop people pleasing? Now we know that we might be people pleasing. We might know the negative implications of people pleasing through all those other episodes. If you haven't listened to them, I strongly suggest going back. The last one, I feel like that is the, that's the really, you know, looking at the shadow side of it. That's getting into all those things. So that one, I think I might have to listen myself To a few times or read that chapter (laughs) a hundred times, you know, really dig in because as we are recovering people pleasers, right? So we still are working on things.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love, I mean, what's interesting too, about, you know, rereading the book over and over is, you know, Andrea, like, I feel like there's some, you could see where each of our kind of professional and personal backgrounds come through in different pieces. And, you know, you and I, while we have this shared experience of, being recovering people-pleasers, we also come from kind of different professional backgrounds and orientations. And so I do feel like this is a chapter where you really see a lot of you and your practice. I think in all of it, it is, you know, elements of us both. But I think, you know, I think about the el- the parts that are like the shadow work and the really like intense stuff. And that feels very aligned with kind of like the work I do with my individual coaching clients. And -hmm. then I look at, you know, this chapter with all of these really juicy kind of self-care type strategies and ways to, you know, really kind of dig deep in your own mindset and emotions and have a more positive orientation. And that really feels, really feels like you to me. So I'm excited to jump in and, and give kind of a little overview of this chapter. And again, we won't, you know, we're not going to give everything away necessarily. If this, you know, intrigues you, if there's something that you want to dive into more deeply, uh, you are going to want to grab a copy of the book for sure. So we will of course link that in the show notes yay so we're going to talk
0: all about um confronting people pleasing today and we're going to talk all about how to engage with those negative emotions safely we're going to talk about discovering practices of self-acceptance and creating new beliefs like this is you know this doesn't happen overnight but little tiny things we can do to rewire our brain and our thinking is is amazing like there is such thing as what's called neuroplasticity so we can rewire our brain we can make changes and and the the idea is to capture capture rather yourself in the moments of when you are people pleasing but then practice so coming back and looking at what is your brain like where do we tend to go and what are we doing we can rewire our brain actually which sounds crazy but it's something that we can actually
1: do yeah absolutely and I think you know the place that this chapter sort of starts is to really confront, you know, from the work of the last couple of chapters, you will have reflected on kind of the the why behind your people pleasing behavior, what, what it is that you're afraid of, what you're worried about, what is driving this behavior. And really, in this chapter, there is you know, a little bit of a tough love moment of naming that when it comes down to it, engaging in people-pleasing behavior is a choice. And that's not to say that, you know, it's a choice, so just stop doing it. The end, end of book, (laughs) all done. Um, But it's, that is to say that, you know, we are, when we accept that we're choosing to engage in people-pleasing behavior, there's power in that because we are also saying there are choices that we can make to help us stop engaging in this behavior and to choose different behavior. And that's what a lot of this chapter covers is really, you know, digging into what, what the reward system behind people pleasing is, right? It's meeting we've talked about in previous chapters, it's meeting a need for you. And so understanding, you know, what need it's meeting, what, what is reinforcing or rewarding the people pleasing behavior and how you can kind of change your environment, change your cues, change your situation in order to Cue different behaviors in order to build new behaviors and new habits, which I think is really, really foundational to uh-huh. this chapter.
0: Yeah, so true. And the fact is that we can we can change. But the first step is to think about all the rewards that you are getting from people-pleasing. I love this. Like, even if you have to sit down and journal and think, why is it that I'm people-pleasing? What are the rewards that I, I'm receiving from? Like, why is it making me feel better? Like, what are the re- rewards of people-pleasing? Just getting aware of the rewards, because basically it's become a habit because you're getting rewarded in some way, right? Um, so okay. the idea is recognize, recognizing what are those rewards so listing them out actually and catching yourself in the moments when you are people pleasing and noticing and catching is the the key here of when you're doing it and then like you said Aubrey it's like recognizing that you have choices in this um and so I I think we should talk about mantras like things that we can create or, or things that we can say have you come have you come up with one um so for me it's like my needs matter too I'm wondering if you have any mantras that you've come up what to kind of catch yourself in the, when you are in that people-pleasing mode?
1: Yeah. Um, Mine, and this is really, I mean, it's still hard for me, right? So even saying it brings up emotion for me, but um, it's okay for others to be disappointed.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, (laughs) it even, it makes me a little bit emotional because this is, it's tough for me, right? I think there is the, for me, the difficult thing is always about sort of recognizing that others have difficult emotions and feeling pressure to kind of solve or address that for them. Right. Yes. And uh, so it's been big for me to accept that other people get to be disappointed, that that's okay. Right. That's a normal part of life. Sometimes I'm disappointed. Sometimes other people are disappointed, but that that's okay. That's not the end of the world.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I love that you have that as a mantra. And it's, even though you're saying that it's still like, it strikes a chord because sometimes it doesn't feel okay. Right. Um, But the reality is, is that it is okay. Like, because we can't make everybody happy and um, and your needs are important as well. And Yeah, so that, that's that's a really great mantra, and and so that's half the battle is kind of catching it, and then having something that you can say to yourself, maybe in that moment, but you can see how this is pre planning. This is working working a little bit before you're actually in it, recognizing when you are in people pleasing mode, and creating that mantra like my needs matter too. It's like I'm important as well. You know, I can be kind, um, but not at the detriment of my own needs, and that's, you know, all those things. So just pausing, you know, and taking a look at what is automatically happening in your life, that pause is really important. And recognizing like, what are the rewards here? What what's going on in my brain? Um, Self-awareness, very, very key here.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I mean, that brings us into a big piece of this chapter that I think is really important, which is kind of the, the ability to engage with negative emotion. And that is something that, you know, when I think of my mantra of, you know, it's okay for other people to be disappointed or it's okay for other people to be upset, it's also okay for me to be disappointed or upset or feel whatever way that I feel, right? And making space for that difficult emotion is a part of how we move forward into healthier habits and away from people pleasing behavior. And so, you know, that's a big piece of this chapter is kind of outlining different practices, different skills to be able to really look at our negative emotions and you know in in previous chapters we've identified that that's actually one of the reasons why many of us are people pleasers is because either we're fearful of other people's difficult emotions and how that might feel to us for other people to be upset or we're working to kind of avoid our own emotional experience by focusing outward on others and so when we have the ability to you know sort of identify and sit with our own emotions, our own emotional experience, and then practice some measure of self-compassion with that, that is when we are able to, you know, move away from being afraid of how other people will respond to us. We become less afraid of conflict. We become less afraid of asking for what we need because we know that we can survive negative emotion or difficult emotion, right? But a big piece of that is sort of the you know, as we've mentioned, the self-compassion, the self-kindness piece that, that allows us to have that emotion in the first place.
0: Oh my gosh, you raise so many amazing things. And yes, there's a huge dedication in this book towards working with these uh, negative emotions. And I think that the key though, and that people sometimes try to, put those emotions under the carpet because they feel under uh, like uncomfortable so it's about observing these feelings and recognizing the emotions as the first step and looking at them in a non-judgmental way and just validating them giving yourself validation practicing kindness towards yourself around it It makes sense that I'm feeling this way or you know what um, what's this feeling telling me and I find that emotions are important because they're they're there for a reason like if we feel anger if we feel disappointed if we feel fear of like maybe rejection or something along those lines, it's important to move into this um, place of self-compassion. And I love Kristen Neff's work. And I'm just reading actually right now, the book called Fierce Self-Compassion. And it's about, you know, balancing our yin and yang of self-compassion. So that tender, nurture, mama bear um, combination. So it's like nurturing yourself, giving yourself kindness, practicing and recognizing the common humanity of things, as well as just mindfulness, like being aware of, you know what? I feel bad and... this is hard, you know, or I'm worried that I'm not going to be liked. And this is challenging for me. Just honoring those emotions that are coming up for you is so key. Um, And then practicing that self-kindness, you know, what would make me feel better? What would ease the suffering here? So checking in um, is really key, especially when you're looking at some strong emotions, you know, strong emotions and being honest with them. You want to practice these, these
1: elements. I love that. I love that. And you know, this, this chapter has a ton of great sort of strategies for then how you can integrate those difficult emotions, right? Once you've acknowledged them, you're sitting with them, how to kind of move through them and ways to get support with them. And, you know, we've got some nice reflection exercises in here for you to kind of sit and think about how this applies to yourself. Um, but I mean, in this chapter two, we, we go back to kind of, the, the fears underneath people-pleasing, and then some tangible strategies for how to sort of break those fears. So the fears of, you know, many people-pleasers are afraid of abandonment or rejection, for example, that's a big one. Um, fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of being disliked. And so, you know, as you were mentioning earlier, Andrea, there's, you know, ways that we can work on that self-acceptance and that actually kind of reduces the weight of some of those fears right if we're practicing self-compassion self-acceptance if we can sit with ourselves in our own negative emotion our own difficult emotional experience then it actually takes away some of the weight of the fear of rejection part of the why the fear of rejection is so strong is because as a people pleaser often you aren't you aren't actually compassionate toward yourself you don't have kind of your own positive self-regard to fall back on if you're not getting positive regard from others. And so once you cultivate that relationship of self-compassion, that ultimately means that there's not as much power in what other people think. That doesn't mean there's no power. You, you probably still will care what other people think at the end of this book. Just a, just a warning. <laughs> you, you probably still will be invested in in your relationships and other people liking you as a person and that's fine, right? That's, remember, we're not working toward you being a hateful, callous person at the end of this, but, but ultimately for you to cultivate some of that good stuff from within and practice self-acceptance so that you are letting go of some of that, that deep fear of rejection or of criticism or of being disliked because you are practicing loving yourself
0: yeah and there's always like you said there's always going to be some level of feeling rejection it's inevitable um but the key is to make peace and embrace it and also accept your imperfections your shortcomings your flaws Um, usually if we're fearful that people are going to reject us that we might be rejecting others so the idea too is turn inward and kind of look at yourself and and, and embrace you know your shortcomings um we're not nobody's perfect practice that common humanity piece too and um and self-love like listen to that inner voice that inner critic that might be coming up and just you know think I am lovable instead of I'm maybe I'm unlovable or you know like looking giving yourself self-love and self-acceptance is so key and then the other thing is the ridding yourself of the fear of failure I mean if we fail, like that means, guess what? One thing, it means that we're human (laughs) because we are going to fail, right? There's a common humanity around failure. So it's easy for me to just say that like, Oh, don't worry. You know, it's common humanity fail, but it does make you feel a little bit better. It means you're human that you are going to struggle at times. You might be judged negatively at times. Um, and so this can be really intense, that feeling. So you want to you want to ultimately look at what is making you feel fearless, like, you know, tap into your power, tap into your strengths. And we talk all about tapping into your strengths and power in, in future chapters as well.
1: I love this. I love this. I think, you know, kind of the, the last big piece that we haven't covered here yet, Andrea, is this idea of, you know, neuroplasticity, like rewiring your brain and your thinking. And I know this is something that you talk about a lot. So I would love for you to just give kind of like a little teaser of, you know, what it looks like actually to, to do this. I feel like this sounds like something that people are like, Whoa, I can, sorry, what I can rewire my brain. What is that like? (laughs) Like, I'm not a neurosurgeon. What does that actually look like? So what does that look like in practice?
0: Yeah, well, I think that uh, I refer to a lot of Carol Dweck's work on, she's the one that coined growth mindset and fixed mindset. And um, it's mm-hmm. all that if we if we confront our people pleasing head on, we, usually we're seeking out validation appreciation from sources that are outside of ourselves. So when we can turn inward and tap into our own resources, it's so important. So one of the best things that makes us really resilient is to adopt what's called a growth mindset. So instead of think mm-hmm. I either have it or I don't, kind of thinking, you're moving to a place of, you know what, I can learn and grow and I can get better. Um, So it's looking at it from a place of curiosity and growth and opportunity for learning and growing and getting better, um, instead of, you know, fixed mindset, more knocking yourself down. And so this mindset piece is so important in terms of recognizing that we can create new neurological networks, we can create new pathways. Um, And this wonderful uh, neuroplasticity is actually if you think about it, if you walk down a path, for example, in the forest, and it's like it's been petted down, there's a lot of people have been walking on it, you've been going down that path of forever, loads of people have, it's easier to walk down that path. That's the same way for our brain pathways, right? So if we think a certain way, it's easy to go down that route. And so our brain will go down that pathway. So you can see how sometimes we have these pathways that are very easy to go down. So if we were to go to a new trail that has not even been blazed, we're just kind of combing through the forest, it's <laughs> harder it's harder to go down that. But the more you go down, the more you clean it out, the more you take that path, it's going to get petted down, it's going to get easier to walk down. So that is kind of how I explain neuroplasticity. So we have the ability to change the pathways. And if we don't go down the other pathway as much, it's gonna start growing over and getting a little bit more, you know, harder to go down. So Mm -hmm. I I always suggest with my clients is that adopting this growth mindset will help you in so many ways. And the great news is is that, and uh, I love Marilee Adams, work in her book, right? Um, change your questions, change your life. Mm-hmm. And and basically is just, you can, if, if you notice you're going down a fixed mindset, you're doing, going down a mindset that's very fixed. What you want to do is change it to a place of curiosity and change it to a place of, hmm, that's funny. I wonder, wonder why that happened. Or, you know, instead of being so hard on yourself around the whole idea that you're people pleasing, and it's, you know, it's, it's affecting you on many levels. um, It's like, wow, they don't like me, like, um, I wonder why they responded that way. You know, like getting a growth mindset can help you in so many ways when it comes to people pleasing. And um, so yeah, so it's really becoming curious with your negative thought patterns or curious with the patterns that you have. And, and, and really focus on changing your questions, literally like getting curious about it. So that you don't go into this place of judging and what they, uh, they call in, in Marilee Adams book is the judger pit, right? Mm. We tend to think that people are judging us or, or, you know, and I think there's an expression too, that I love is like, what you think of me is none of my business.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. I love that so much.
0: Yeah, I think we could probably, there's a lot of ways we can tie that in um, to mm-hmm. the people pleasing, basically, um, you know, just looking at it from a place of growth and learning and not to be too hard on yourself and recognizing when your mind is going into a fixed mindset. And then just getting curious is the best way to get out of that, you know, fixed mindset.
1: I love that. I love that. Thank you. And thank you for explaining that so clearly I feel like that the idea of these you know multiple paths makes so much sense um so I mean this chapter like we said is really juicy there's a ton of stuff in here it's it's sort of the you know most in-depth chapter of the whole book, really. But there's sort of two main takeaways here, right? The the number one being that moving away from people-pleasing, it is going to require you to get comfortable with your negative emotions, period. Um, Instead of avoiding them, instead of pushing them away, instead of, you know, leaning into other people and their emotional experience to avoid it, you know, you're really going to have to get comfortable with your own emotional landscape and practice self-compassion in order to do that. And so, You know, this chapter has a lot of self-compassion practices for you to try. And then this other piece is, you know, what you just talked about, Andrea, this idea of rewiring your brain to, you know, a different mindset around who you are. You know, we are not, when we, when we approach life with a growth mindset, we are not coming from a place of like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. This is just how I will always be. And there's nothing I can do about it, but it's to say, okay, these are habits and patterns that I have learned and I am able to learn and practice new ones right and so it you know gives you some practices and tips for that as well so chapter four if you if you heard something you are interested in that you want to learn more about again there's going to be a link for you to get your own copy of the book and you know stay tuned for um chapters five and six coming up next yay yay oh my gosh you summarized it so well (laughs) Yay. yay all
0: right we'll see you soon Thank you for listening to this podcast if you want additional support you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com, where we have a wonderful supportive compassionate community we also have a private facebook group and instagram feed called saving you is killing me loving someone with an addiction Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.